Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. So, in the last chapter, let me remind you that it was something of an outline of so many different things that were happening, including the the rapture of the church we see happening with Jesus coming on a cloud and thrust, thrusting in his sickle and reaping the harvest of the earth of believers. But before that, there was an angel flying around and preaching to every tribe and nation and language and such and said, worship God. In other words, don't worship the Antichrist. Don't worship the image. Don't take the mark. But worship the creator of heaven and earth and such, preaching the gospel one last time at the end of the tribulation period, giving everybody a chance. Why? Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, 2 Peter 3, 9. And then Jesus reaps the harvest, and then after he reaps all the believers out, uh, including the ones who may have slipped in under the wire by the preaching of this messenger to the earth, then there's an angel that comes with another sickle, and he reaps the unbelievers into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And it is a horrific thing that's happening Uh, However, these are overlays here. Uh, Some of these, they're not all in chronological order. And you remember, we did have some, what I believe, chronology happening through the tribulation period in three sets of sevens, seven seals, uh, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. The seven bowls are the worst, and those we have not gotten to yet, but they're coming. In fact, they're going to be introduced in this chapter. So here we go. Verse 15, then I saw another sign in heaven. That's really reminiscent of chapter 12 when it was something of an appendix that was pulled out of the chronology, that the narrative that was play, being played out in the previous chapters. And it was a step back to look at history and the war between God and the devil and how the devil persecuted the Jewish people, how the devil persecutes the church and such, how the devil tried to destroy Uh, Jesus, the child that was born of Israel and such. And so it was a a big overview. Well, this starts off off like this. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. And so it gives you this impression that we're, we're looking at that scope, so to speak. Great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues. In other words, this is the knockout punch, so to speak. This is the ultimate of what's going to happen at the end of the tribulation period. Having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. Okay, so this is a big deal. This is like John. See this. This is the great conclusion here. Verse 2, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. We saw this earlier in Revelation. I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast, well, that's all the saints who were reaped and such. Those who have the victory over the beast 
over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. They're doing just fine. They're playing the harp, so to speak. Now, that doesn't mean they're oblivious, but it's showing that that they're in victory. In fact, it says there that they have victory, those that have victory. So let me just point out, we're, we're talking, we see here, we've seen so far three rapture perspectives. In chapter 11, there's an introduction to the rapture in that the seventh trumpet blasted. And in chapter 14, we actually see Jesus coming and putting in the sickle and harvesting. And these relate, of course, to Matthew 24, when uh, the the sign of the Son of Man was shown in heaven and he called for the elect from the four winds of the, for the four corners of the earth and such. And also 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, also 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we see the rapture happening. But this seems to be the post-rapture saints. In other words, they've been changed into incorruptible. They're standing on, they're not in, they're not swimming in, they're standing on this sea of glass mingled with fire. They have victory. They have already had victory over, they're not being tempted anymore by the beast. They're not being pressured. They're not in fear. Oh, no. They have become like him. And uh, like uh, in the book of Jude, Jude says, Enoch prophesied and said, behold, Jesus comes with 10,000s of his saints, right? And so now this seems to be the church having uh, been raptured, changed into corruptible and immortal. They're standing on this sea, having harps of God. Verse 3, they sing the song of Moses. They sing the song of Moses. This seems to relate back to Deuteronomy 32, where uh, the song is being sung of all the good things that God had done for Israel uh, at that time. But now, here these saints are singing the song of Moses. They're singing a song, and listen to the song. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Notice, we're not talking about singing two songs. No, it was Jesus leading Moses and the people of God out of Egypt. It was Jesus guiding them and being with them in the desert. It was Jesus bringing them through Joshua into the promised land. God has always been the deliverer. God has always been the one who wants to redeem his people, pull them out of judgment and such. And that's exactly what happens at the end of Revelation. The saints win. (laughs) Praise God. We have victory because we hang on, we endure, we don't give in to deception. We don't give in to the pressure and the fear. So they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Great and marvelous are your works. I mean, he is overpowering the Antichrist and all of this, and we're going to see it even more. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Praise God. God does things the right way. He is just. He is true. He is righteous. Verse 4, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? Boy, we read earlier about the beast, that when he comes on the scene and he comes into his authority and power, that the world said, who can stand against the beast? Who can make war against him? Well, that was then. That's when he had been given power and authority even over the saints. Well, that's over. 
<laughs> that is over. The saints now have the victory. And now they're singing to God and saying, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you. See, the saints are declaring, you're cleaning this mess up, this wickedness. It's really, in a sense, a parallel to Noah's Ark, where God, with the severe wickedness and judgment and violence that was happening in the earth, he destroyed the earth with a flood, but saved Noah and his family. And you're seeing these people on top of water here, on top of the sea of glass, like the ark of Noah was on top of the flood. And you're hearing now these people say that uh, you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you. In other words, this is all being reset. All this judgment that's happening, we're going to have a new earth, a new world, just like Noah had a, a restart, a start over after the flood. For your judgments have been manifested. Oh, they're not promised anymore. Your judgments have been manifested. So the saints are singing. Verse 5, after these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. Oh, this is the temple, the tabernacle in heaven, the one that the earthly tabernacles and temples were patterned after. It says the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened, and out of the temple came the seven angels, having the seven plagues that it mentioned at the beginning of this chapter, clothed in pure, bright linen. And so this is portraying holiness, righteousness, purity. And having their chest girded with golden bands. Verse 7, Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God. These bowls were filled to the brim with the wrath of God. Seven of them given to these seven angels. It says, Seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Verse 8, The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of, this, of the seven angels were completed. That's the end of the chapter. But let me just allude to something here. Do you remember when uh, Moses uh, created the tabernacle and dedicated it? that the cloud of glory filled the temple and Moses couldn't even get in there. And then when Solomon dedicated the, the temple, that Moses was the tabernacle, Solomon was the temple. He dedicated it, and guess what? The glory and presence of God filled the temple so the priests couldn't even stand in there to minister. They couldn't do their job. And this is obviously a parallel because now at the end of the age, we've got, yes, the judgment, the plagues that are being poured out on the wicked, the unbelieving, but you also have the glory of God in heaven. And this, this sounds very much like the beginning of Isaiah 60. Darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness to be people, but the Lord will arise over you, his people, and the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. That kind of a contrast that's happening concurrently here. Uh, and also notice this, that it says no one could enter the temple until these plagues were done. In other words, the judgment has to be final before we can go on into that millennial reign of Christ, till we can go on into that worship of God in peace. 
And in the same way, when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt, then Pharaoh's army uh, is coming after them. After all those plagues and all those things that have happened, same thing here. All these plagues, all these uh, judgments have happened. But now we're at the end of the tribulation period, and none of these raptured saints can go into the temple. Nobody can enter in right now. Why? Because we're not done yet. We have to have a final blow. So when Israel came through the Red Sea, and then here comes the Pharaoh and his army uh, after them. And guess what? God releases the waters and drowns the last uh, bit of the, the nation of Israel that was pursuing the children of God at that point. And here, and then they're free to go to the promised land. Now, we know they didn't go in right away. It took 40 years, but that was because of their unbelief. God intended to take them right on into the promised land shortly thereafter. And notice here, they can't go into the temple and really worship before the throne of God until we've got to get these last plagues in. We've got to finish this off, finish the judgment off. Oh, praise God. Well, that's a short chapter, but it's an important chapter, and it really gives us some tremendous insight to how we're going to have such victory at the end. So these last plagues, these last seven bulls of the wrath of God, uh, are going to happen. It, it, it seems like a very short time period. This is not spread out in three equals, like uh, an equal amount of time for the seals, an equal amount of time for the trumpets, and an equal amount of time for the bowls. It seems like these bowls are going to happen in a very short period of time, days. Some people project 10 days or so for the bulls to be poured out at the end of the tribulation period. But thank God, we'll already be gone. We'll already have victory. We'll be have come back here standing on top of this sea of glass. We are not affected anymore. We are at peace, but we're with the Lord, helping him to execute judgment on the earth. All right, well, that's chapter 15. I'll see you tomorrow for chapter 16. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.